What is up? What is up? Yeah. You getting that, Phil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, it's the Drum Brigade podcast. We're back at you. 76 people. 76. Woo. Yes, it's another isolated, what is this called? Quarantine podcast. We're on Zoom, chilling out. You know what we should do is like invite invite people, just post the Zoom number and then invite people to just be on and then we can just mute them and they can watch us talk and stuff. And we can also just like have them on if we want. We can ask questions. That'd be hilarious. I think, yeah, maybe we do that next time. Um, some of my friends were like, hey, friends, how y'all doing? <laughs> Join us for a drink. And they're in France and they just like posted the, the chat thing or the, the Zoom meeting stuff. And a bunch of people joined them for a drink in their own home. So maybe we'd do that brigade style. I don't know. I like that idea. We should try that. Yeah. We're, 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 t- we're dialing it in. Although it is, we're 30 minutes late into this, this, uh, this thing. We're supposed to end early, but we're, we're starting late. So um, still troubleshooting this thing to give you guys the best episode we can give you. Uh, we do have a great episode for you today. We have like one of the funkiest dudes besides Zach Major, one of the funkiest dudes we've like around mm-hmm. um, coming on the show today. Hopefully, I haven't heard from him, so I'm a little bit nervous. So it's 50 50 people. <laughs> We're trying. Uh, Terrence, Terrence, Terrence Higgins. How much do I mess up people's names, dude? I need you to start saying the names. Everybody Phil. does it. No one cares. <laughs> Terrence Higgins is coming on. Hold on. There you go. One of New Orleans' heaviest drummers, killing, killing the game. He's played with some of your heroes. Phil is just thrilled over the moon about this guest. <laughs> um, F- Phil is the only one who sent in a question today. <laughs> really? Funky Phil. I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You love funk drummers, though, especially New Orleans style, New Nolens style. I don't, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get schooled on that. We're Californians, all right. New Orleans. Yeah, I say it how it's spelled, but I know it's Nolens. Nolens. Uh, all right. Anyways, we're doing this one a little different, right, Phil? We're recording this one a different because last week you were up till two thirty in the morning getting that that episode out. Yeah, yeah. There's some weird. You know, recording audio through the internet's a weird thing. Yeah. And then trying so, to match it up with direct audio. D- doesn't really work great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're trying to... The audio might not be as good because I, basically last week we took Phil's audio recorded separately from my audio. And then we we didn't put them together. We just talked together on Zoom. But then I sent him my audio and the drops. And then he put tried to match those up with his audio. And it was like all weird. So he had to basically listen to the whole entire episode and match it up so that it worked well. And it sounded... I listened to most of it. It sounds like we're in the same room. It's pretty nice. dope. Um, so this one, we're just going for it raw, dude. We're just... Whatever comes your way is what we're taking and hopefully it'll be good so yeah um all right so this is episode 76 as i mentioned this is the drum brigade podcast i'm Corey kingston um on the other side of this county san diego county north san diego county all the way in fallbrook at phil's castle is funky phil pardell what's up funky phil yeah um he's got his family locked in a room so they don't so they don't like make noise because he got two little kids 
<laughs> I keep saying, dude, if your little kids want to come out and play, it's fine. You don't have to lock them in a room. <laughs> I'm talking locked, chained, locked. Yep. They're not allowed to get food or water. Mm-mm, no bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. That and he's scary. like, he just gives them the like, like if you make a peep, he just like, he starts taking his belt off. Yeah. Throat slit thing. <laughs> so mean, Phil, to your family. You got to just treat them better. Yeah. So. <laughs> Locking them in a room. There's no, it's, yeah. No, it's cool. Like if if they want to come, dude. If they the dogs barking, they want to come out and play. It's fine. People people know people know you got kids. You know you don't. I know. I know. They're, and I told them that, but the, we also you know you 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 have no clue how bananas it can get in here with two <laughs> kids, the two kids I, and the dog. I heard I heard Felix yelling like he's scolding Milo. I'm like Milo's a baby. He's only one. And he's like, stop doing that right now. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't quite get that Milo doesn't understand certain concepts yet. Uh, Uh, That's funny. All right, well, anyways, um, this podcast, we've been doing it for a while. You can get it on all the platforms. 76 episodes, people. 76 episodes deep. Um, You can get the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Radio Public, and always you can download, get the latest episodes on drumbrigade.com. Um, if you sign up for our newsletter by joining the brigade, actually, I don't remember how to do that. <laughs> I think it's somewhere on our website. You could join the brigade. Um, that gives that puts you in the mix for our um, our email list. You can get an email every week that says, "Here's the latest episode for you," and here's last week's episode too. So maybe you do that. I think we need to do a giveaway. Um, Maybe give away some true tones from our email list. Yeah. Um, so we might do that. Um, let's let's plan on doing that next week, actually. Um, speaking of true tones, the Drum Brigade podcast is brought to you by Revolution Drum Products. Uh, they make forward-thinking drum products with uncompromised quality and innovation. So as I mentioned, true tones, we're going to be giving those away next week. They're premium drum dampers. Um you know, they go on your drums. You don't have to put gaff tape all over your toms. You could just use True Tones and you can rinse them off with some soap and water. You can fight getting that freaking Rona. You get fight getting the Ronas <laughs> if you wash them with soap. Um, and then, you know, they make your drums sound beautiful. I did a review on those True Tones and uh, you can watch that on my website or on my um, YouTube. I like, also, I like that you get 10 of them. And, yeah, and they're two different sizes. Yeah, there's four big ones and then six little six. ones. It's great. Yeah, six little ones. They come in a sleek little case. You can put them in your stick bag. It's dope, man. It's like dope. Um, also, if you don't, if you cannot wait, you just can't wait to hopefully win these next week, um, you could just use the code. You could type in the website, www.revodrum.com, and type in the code DRUMBRIGADE15 and save 15% on buying these already affordable True Tones for your drums. So um, they make some other products like the Firefly Drum Key and T-Locks so your drums don't go out of tune. All kinds of things, man. So just go check it out. Use the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout and save some money. Thanks to uh, Revolution for um, being on board for our show. We appreciate that. Uh, me and you, Funky Phil, we got a lot of things going on as far as lessons. We got some stuff we need to talk about for making our lessons better. Um, I posted uh, just a quick video about 
how you can sign up for lessons with me or Funky Phil. And um, if you want to do that, just use the contact form on drumbrigade.com or go to our individual websites, Corey Kingston, K-O-R-E-Y-K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N.com or Phil Pardell, P-H-I-L-P-A-R-D-E-L-L.com. And you can just use the contact form, hit us up and get learn how to play drums like for real though. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so we got, honestly, Phil, we got like the dopest setup than a lot of other fools have. It's true. Yeah. Like compared to a lot of fools, our setup is real like dope. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Yeah. So, um, we need to figure out some stuff. <sighs> I need to talk to you probably later today about this because we can do this now, Phil can yeah. do this educational department of drum brigade we can have full sign up and do it so we got to figure out we got to look into this problem is i'm not i don't want to talk about it on the air we can't brainstorm this because then people will know my insecurities and they'll steal our ideas <laughs> all right anyway anyways are you getting that that we we could uh branch out and get get even more resources going Yes, drum brigade resources like and maybe more affordable a more affordable way for people to get lessons. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, where it's not like one on one and they can just ooh group yeah. lessons. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna talk to you about it later. Like yeah, so we'll we'll figure that out. But that'd be so like dope. Yeah, yeah, we got to do it. But the, yeah, so I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into it because then I start going. But we don't have this, and we don't have that, and then I'm on a soapbox, and then the, the guest, and you know, all this stuff starts happening. So <laughs> let's just talk about it. We'll brainstorm later um, about that jazz. Uh, one last thing, the Drum Brigade. I just want to mention that it's a community and it's a family. It's a place for drummers and drum enthusiasts, future drummers and people who are just playing into music and culture to be among like-minded individuals, people like us. So we can't really be around people like that right now. We can't really like shed or anything um, unless we do it virtually. But um, anyways, it still is a means to support each other. This is our community, right? As a fellow drummer. If you're a drummer, you're cool. Um, so we can help each other to like expand, ex excel our horizons, expand our horizons in a spirit of camaraderie rather than negative competition. That is our motto. Camaraderie over negative competition. We have a bunch of like dope shirts and merch that say just that okay and um so if you guys want to help us out and support us or you want to show that you're part of the brigade and you want to show that you're a part of something that's positive and something that's cool but also so people can recognize you as a drummer and as a drummer that's part of the brigade then go and check out our merch store support us in that way um just reach out to us and hit us up and be like yo guys what up we're like so happy when that happens seriously um, you want something to be mentioned on the show? Like, yo, guys, how's everything going? I don't know. Like, hello, friends. How y'all doing? Like, you know, like anything you want, just hit us up. Use the contact form, drumbrigade.com or DM us. We see it all. We both see it all. Like when people DM us and they're like, yo, I really like the show. We see that and it, it helps us. It shows us that people are listening. So, but more importantly, like most importantly, our, our merch store, our merch is dope, Phil. I mean, yeah. I like it. I wear it every day. Right now, I'm wearing a Revolution shirt because I like Revolution, too. But, hey, you're wearing a Revolution shirt, too, Funky Phil. We're yeah. twins. Super twins <laughs> today. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, we both used the code drum brigade 15 on the I'm straight line revolution sent them to us, <laughs> but you could get a revolution shirt and use the code revolution or drum brigade 15. Uh, maybe we should do a code revolution 15 on ours. I don't know. All right. Anyways, guys, that's the drum brigade. Just check us out, support us, buy a t-shirt, all that jazz. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Oh boy, oh boy. It's the Drum Brigade Podcast with Corey Kingston and Funky Phil. Yeah, sir. I mm-hmm. uh, still haven't heard from Terrence, man. Getting nervous. Getting a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have hope though. He should be coming on, but this is the this is the crazy thing, man. We have like we have like a, a coordinator that does our scheduling for this show, and she scheduled him a long time ago, like a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago at least. Yeah. She texted me today or emailed me today and said, "Hey, your guest today is this person," and then I was like, "Okay, sweet." And then I reached out to him like, "Hey, man, we're doing something a little different. We're doing it on Zoom now because we're quarantined." I haven't heard from him, Phil. Oh well, boy. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. We should be good. If if he doesn't, we'll you know, we'll prevail. Yeah. We'll just talk <laughs> about New Orleans like funk drums ourselves. You can talk about that all day, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> you can play like that all day. I don't know about that. Me I on the try. other hand, I'm like, yeah, yeah, second line. <laughs> I play like the the like squarest, probably. Actually, probably it swings a little bit. I don't know. Oh come on, you, know? you got all the swagger. Shut up. You're funky, man. <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh, Phil, how's everything going? It's week. It's week two of our episode, but we've been on quarantine for like three or four weeks now. Three weeks. Yeah. Three four. Three or four weeks. Um, like. Are you hanging in there? I'm I'm hanging in there, but yeah, I'm hanging in. It's been I mean very different. <laughs> been very different, man. It's been very different. It's been very lazy. It's been very lazy for me. Yeah, the weekend the weekend was lazy for me. Like I didn't come in the studio at all. I didn't play my drums at all. Actually, no, that's a lie. No, um, I do have to talk about. Okay, I did do something. But I don't know if I can get into it for 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. So, because it's partially a soapbox. <laughs> Was it a recording session? Yes. I saw your picture. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to get into it. And then, well, if I have to cut it short, I have to cut it short. All right. So, um, I'm not going to get on soapbox yet. Okay. I did go out and do a, a recording session at a different studio, not my own studio. <laughs> and um you played like drums t- yeah like for real played drums i re- oh, I'm jealous. I, for real it felt and i did a day in life because i'm like i don't know when the next time i'm going to be going out and doing anything is going to be so i did a day in life i don't know if it's going to be a good one it's basically me going to the studio and then me at the studio going all right here's this song and then we like play it and then i'm like all right here's the next song and then we play it um so we try to do it as safe as possible it was just me and a bass player, um, Omar Lopez from San Diego. He plays with the original Whalers. He plays with my band, Shuffle and Bang. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so it was just me and him. I was like, already, this is where my soapbox comes in because I'm already like 
the dude who wants us to do this session is like basically asking us to put ourselves in danger. And I'm like, yeah, but dude, what? Like, forget it, Phil. Let's just do it. <laughs> do it. I ain't trying to hear that right now. It's a two-parter, okay? So the session went really, really, really good, dude. And like you, you guys, I'm sure you guys know, getting out of the house, stepping out, and doing something that we normally do was like the greatest thing ever. Okay. Like I got out of my house, I loaded some of my drums and I went to the studio and recorded a session like I normally would. And I felt like my life was back to normal for a few hours. I'm so jealous. (laughs) It was, (laughs) dude, it was so like, it was so great. The only problem. Okay. I got to talk. I got to talk in detail about this session because this was like, but I'm, I'm not I'm, right now. I'm on a soapbox. So the first soapbox is this dude. I love him. He's great. I work with him a lot. I'm not talking about the bass player. I'm talking about the guy who wanted this session done. Me and a couple other guys are like, what's with the urgency, bro? Like, why does this have to be done now? You know that the whole world is shut down. Everybody is on quarantine. Everybody. So why are you trying to get us to go into the studio like this has to be done yesterday? Yeah, it's supposed to be essential work only, right? Right. This is not essential. You just want these tracks done. <laughs> like, I'm like, and he, dude, it's like he's like pushing us. Like he's, he's, okay. I'll admit, dude, I was pretty irritated. And like, I was in the studio here at my, at my studio and I was trying to get everything dialed for my lesson so I can keep working for real. Yeah. I am knee deep in setting the, you do, you know, you had to spend like a, like a full day or two setting up your setup. So it takes some time to get everything dialed and everything working to see how you're going to do it because you can't worry about that when you're teaching a lesson. Yeah. Right. So that's the same boat that I was in. I was like knee deep and I don't like, I don't have the like producing skills that you have. So I'm like winging it. Like, I think this goes in here. I think this goes there and I got it to work, but it took some time to get everything set up in the place. I'm not even set up in the the corner that I'm set up in. I don't like the way it looks, whatever I'm getting sidetracked. Okay. So I'm in, I'm knee deep in that. And he's like texting me like, yo, like, so when do you think you guys can get together and do this? And I'm like, I can't respond to that right now. I can't stop and look at my calendar. I'm, I'm in the middle of this. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, so he's, he's sending me a text like, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Like, just kind of casually trying to say, like, see, like, it's, don't send me, like, I'm, I'm concerned, like, hey, how are you doing text when you really just want to know when I can go in the studio and record your stuff. That's what was happening. So mm-hmm. then... I didn't, I didn't text for that day or something, something like that, or until the end of the day. No, it was the middle of the day. And then the bass player and the sax player are texting me like, hey, man, are you good? We haven't heard from you in a while. Is everything cool? You're not sick, are you? And I'm like, these guys never text me. So I'm like, what's up, dude? I go, is homeboy like telling you to text me? And they're like, yeah. Like, this freaking guy. This freaking guy. I'm like, dude, what the heck? And they're just like, they're, they're like, well, he just hasn't heard from you. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, dude. So finally, long story short, the keyboard player, 
is like, hey, man, like he has a little like newborn, like, you know, little baby. He's like, I don't understand what's with the urgency here, man. You're I'm not really comfortable with going in the studio like full rhythm section. Yeah, he's like, I can do this at home, but I, I don't I don't see the point in like all of us putting ourselves in danger going into the studio like all of us are working, traveling musicians. So like, who know? Who I don't know if I have it, you know, like, I don't know if I had it. I don't know if this dude, this dude tore the bass player tours more than anybody I know. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if, I don't know if he has it. Like you're, you're, you're literally putting your, your like needs, your wants ahead of our like safety. safety. Yeah. And so I kind of agreed. I started agreeing with the keyboard player. Like, yeah, man, like I, he's like, I just don't get what the urgency is. Like, why can't this wait? And so he came back like, oh, man, it's just like I thought because you guys had time on your hands and like nobody's gigging and stuff. This is the perfect opportunity to do something creative and do something that we need to get done. And so I just figured everybody would want to do it. And and like so then everybody's like, well, I can do it remotely. Like I can do it at my house. Like it's easy to, to record piano at my house. I just got a mic at my piano. And and then I'm like, OK, like, yeah, I'm down to do it. Like if we just are safe and if nobody is sick, dude, like if if the bass player is sick. Like I'm down to do it in a small condensed group, like just me and the bass player. And that's it. As long as he's not sick. Yeah. You know? And like, and so we did this thing. It was only me and him, me and the bass player. That's it. Was there scratch tracks? <laughs> well, Phil, you wanted this. <laughs> trying to hear that right now i wish i can show you what my charts look like um the, so no the no. guy sends me sends me the charts and then sends me the tempos and that's it we're supposed to read down the charts drums and bass only this is a 20 piece big band <laughs> and he sends the bass and the drums bro the drum charts i i think i do have them I do have them. Oh, I'm looking these. them up right now. I'm going to share my screen them. with you. My drum charts, dude, are like... Oh, wait till you see these, Phil. Just wait till you see these. Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? So these are songs you've never played? Um. So one of them is... Two of them I've played before. Okay. One of them is, is uh, like... Oh, no, this one isn't even... So, so one is good. It's a trombone chart. Look at this one, Phil. Look at this one. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen with you, and you're going to be like, what the heck? Wait, wait, okay, dude. Wait. Here it is. 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 Hold on. Let's share my screen. Oops. Okay. I'm serious. Answer me. This is my drum chart. What? <laughs> Look really? at, dude, the sign, the coda. It's literally wait, the same wait, thing. Wait, keep going. I want to see all the pages. <laughs> the same <laughs> thing, <going>. dude. <laughs> it's the same drum beat, dude. <laughs> Kick on one, hi-hat on offbeat, snare on... These are eighth notes. Snare on three, hi-hat on the... I mean, on two. Snare snare side stick on two, offbeat on, oh on and of two. I love it. Kick on, th on three. So this is hilarious because whoever wrote this, this is this is kind of a good insight into what they think you do. Uh, exactly. <laughs> not one drum fill. Like not one thing. All he needs to know is um, to to play a beat for a specific number of measures. 
It's basically a disco beat. <laughs> boom, got boom, got boom, boom, got boom, boom, boom. Like it's it for dude. How many measures are there? I mean, we're talking 60, 66 measures with Did with you, repeats. Oh, please tell me you recorded it just like that. Dude, do you think that I don't think I didn't want to, Phil? Don't, don't think I didn't want no, to. No hits, no stops, no like Dude. no difference between a you know any sections, just like the same beat. The solo section sixty-four measures of the solo section. Sixty-four measures repeat four times each solo. He wants two solos. Okay. Dude, you are you serious? Like I got lost like the first time through, like not even repeating. I was lost. It's so <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, that's funny, man. Okay, so dude, so there's no scratch tracks. I take it, for, dude. Okay, so I immediately text him like, "Hey, man, can you send us like Sibelius, like MIDI tracks? Anything we can play along to would help." Because a horn, a horn chart, even so you could get an idea of where the hits <sighs> hits are. At yeah, least. but dude, even that was difficult, man. Like even that was difficult because. <sighs> to a certain point, it's like if you're not hearing it, it's it's really hard to play that stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, so okay, th- yeah, uh, dude. Okay, then the bass chart was similar to that. It was like he's the bass player's looking at it, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "It's the same bass line." It's like so we started going through it together. Like, okay, A section, B section, A section. You know, no. It was like I'm playing the same bass line the whole time. Like dun 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 like the whole the really? whole time, dude. It, the whole song was is like, on the same like chord? There, it was that then there was a slight B section. It was so awkward, dude. It Ooh. was like ten bars of this B section, and that was repeated, so twenty bars of the B section. Mm. So like a lot of times in this music, like you know, you think if you're reading a chart. Like every four bars, it feels like right to put like a fill in, you know, if it's written, if it's a chart like that, where it's just written, written out, like just a beat Yeah. this. So I started doing that. And then we started getting lost. Like, yo, like, oh, look at, look at like bar this through this. It's an actual 10 bar phrase. Oh, so we're like, I'm like, oh, snap. So now it's dude, it was one of the hardest, like manliest sessions I ever had. <laughs> So Manliest. thankfully, I, I text a guy like, "Yo, man, any 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 like reference tracks?" He's like, "Nah." I'm like, "Bro, you gotta send something." I'm like, "Any MIDI like Sibelius tracks? Anything? Anything will work." He's like, "Nah, I I don't have anything like that." He's like, "Just read the charts," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Do you realize what you're saying?" I said, "Bro, you gotta send me something because this is gonna make or break this session." And so I'm like being really firm. Like you got to send something. We have to have something to play along to. Just read the chart. So He's like, like oh, it's, I mean, it's all there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, no, it's not. That so I'm. I, I go, okay, okay, we can do that. We can do that. Like I'm a man. I'm a real drummer. I can do this. I'm like talking myself into this. Okay, <laughs> I'm like I got this. I got this. Okay, so I. We we he's like okay I got this one we're doing like this cover track for um, another band like another ska band from Mexico we get this track and then he he has that like the MIDI track so we play along to that and we and I have the chart so dude me and this dude if this was like a pro session that I got hired on it probably 
I would have been a lot more nervous, but me and this dude like really handled this session well, dude. We like worked together, me and the bass player. We like worked together. We mapped it out so that it was easy to understand. Like we like were like, hey, here's where my bass line changes. Like this is the B section. All right, this is C section. This is like this is like the solely section. Like, let's go through this. Like, and then we got it all dialed and where we like nailed it. Nice. We go on to like another track that we've never, we've never, I've never heard. It's just a new track that he made up, like that he has. Oh boy. And I'm like, you gotta have a, he's like, dude, let me see what I can do. He finds that track. Thank goodness we have like a MIDI track to play, but it's reggae. So we're supposed to be playing like behind the beat. It's supposed to feel right. And we're playing to this super uber like square, Quantized you know, MIDI thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, dude, it was rough. But anyways, we got to where we were like, okay, now we have no tracks to play along to. And we're just playing this together, and, like reading the chart. And some dude, I don't know how, but somehow we did it. We got through it and we made it happen. Nice. So, um, yeah, but come on guys come on with this sounds like it could have been a much smoother situation yeah (laughs) come on with those these charts i mean i know you could handle all that obviously but it's just why it's unnecessary i'll tell you one thing dude that one that i was reading that one that i showed you we got to the solo section and then it was free balling dude it was like they're gonna fade this one out because i am not I'm not trying to have like a group ending on this. Like I am lost on this chart. You know, it's just, and the way that it's written, like, look at this, look at this, the way that it's written. Um, Oh, I got to share my screen again. Sorry. Hold on guys. You can't even see any of this, but uh, I can share you with this preview share the way that it's written. Like, look at where the sign is written (sighs) and like the coda. Yeah. So so I was, I was misunderstanding that. I didn't know that the coda was right here. I thought the coda was for this measure. Yeah. So you guys all up in the mix. You guys can't see it, but the all the drum. First off, all the stems on every single note is stemmed down. Yeah. For some reason. First. Yeah. uh, I'm not used to that. And then that that the stem the downward stemmed notes are um, directly in the same space as the uh the the like this the to the coda and the coda sign and any <laughs> any notes that are for you know structural yeah. things are getting like overlapped with down beamed drum music too. and it, it's like i was i was like hey like i kept going so they want us to repeat the 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 solo section four times but then they want us to go to the the sign like in the middle of this or three quarters of the way through this solo section. And the bass player's like, that's not what I have. And I'm like, that's what I have. I'm thinking it's on like measure this measure, like 57. And I'm like, it's telling me to go through to it in the middle of the solo. So it's not four times, it's three and a half times. Uh And he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yes. I'm like totally arguing with him on this. I'm like, oh, it's written here. It's written at the repeat. Okay. I got it. I got it. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Oh yeah, I could see exactly. Yeah, that's well. That text is also so. The text you're talking about right now is also really high above the um, measure that it's supposed to be um, corresponding to. So yeah, 
It looks like it's. It looks like it. I could see because it's closer to the, the uh, measures above it. Yeah. <laughs> so I could, I could hundred percent could see why you would think that. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Like I, I, from now, like when I do charts like this, I have no problem marking them the heck up. You should see the notes on all my my the charts that I use that I printed out. I took a marker. Excuse me, I took a picture. I I mean, I took a pencil and I just like wrote every double bar. I like circled, like I highlighted. I made like all these crazy notes so I could get through this chart like with flying colors and this one was was a struggle though, man. And like all the other ones, I ended up looking at like a trumpet chart rather than the drum chart because all the drum charts look like this. That's and so like funny. they're like most of the time I'll say, Hey, can you just give me like um can you give me a drum chart? And then they'll give me a piano chart, and the piano chart looks just like this. It's like cause this is a ska band. Yeah. They don't write the they don't write the um the like the chords, they write just the exact notes that you're supposed to play on the upbeats. So it's nothing but like <laughs> rest on one and then like eighth note like upbeats for the rest oh of the whole time it's so, crazy yeah. dude I mean, the whole chart is like that i can't believe they don't just make lead sheets like chord changes and hits or whatever yeah i, th I think they, they have like the full score sheets but um i don't know man it's not every chart is like that but thankfully i've gotten used to this band and like used to reading their stuff down um these charts aren't super hard they're they're you know, if you know the style, you know what they want, then you know how to, you know what to get through. It's not like the every drum part is written out. I can't read those kind of charts, dude. Yeah. Every drum part, every beat, every like, I need more of like a roadmap. Here's the horn stuff. Here's the like dynamic notation stuff. And, you know, here's the ending. Like mm -hmm. the ending can be written out. The, the type of beat you want me to play should be written out, you know, all that stuff. But, if it's like from measure one to measure 120, like every drum part I have to play, I'm not your guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not your guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, I mean, I feel like that's not a, not the best way to write a drum chart for anything unless, yeah. unless every measure has something really specific. I was pretty impressed, dude. I got to say, like, I love it when I love doing sessions. Um, because I put a lot of weight on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good job and to like, everybody wants to be like Vinny or, you know, Greg Bissonette or um, Josh Freeze, you know, those kind of guys that just come in and lay down a, a session in like one take. Oh yeah. That's, that's always my ambition to like go in, read a chart or write a chart, go in and play the stuff down, like no tomorrow and be like, they're like, you could do one more. And you're like, Nope, that's good. And you dip. <laughs> you know i've heard these guys do that you know um that's funny so anyways um for 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 us to go in there and do this session with just bass and drums without reference charts and reading the charts down or reference tracks and like there's no demos there's no i was like is there any like any videos online that I can see of us playing this live? And he's like, Nope, I don't have anything like that. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Um, Okay, I haven't heard from this guy yet, so I'm going to do another soapbox. I hope you don't mind, Phil. I ain't trying to hear that right now. All right. Still working on Terrence Higgins. Um, he still hasn't uh, responded yet. So um, because we're doing this, 
via Zoom, there's no real way to like call him. I guess we can call him, but um, yeah, I wish there was a way that you can do Zoom where like it's they can it's you just call their phone number, you know. But I haven't resp- I haven't gotten a response from him via text or um, or email. So we'll just wait on that for a few more minutes, Phil. Um, this is this time though. It's it's probably not his fault because we're doing this a little bit different. Ordinarily, we just call them. Yeah. So yeah. You know. All right. We'll, we'll work on that after this soapbox. I'm mad. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, dude, look. What happened? We're all in this crazy situation where we were supposed to be following the rules and being quarantined like good little Americans or whatever we, we want to call it. But people need to get off like telling me what to do, okay? I'm a grown man, Phil. Last I checked, mm-hmm. I'm 41 years old. I'm not a little boy anymore. Nope. Okay. People need to stop trolling my Instagram and stop with all that. Stop. Okay. I post a picture. Hey, did a wonderful session with my buddy, Omar. We took a picture together, a selfie. Dude, it didn't, wasn't blowing up, but people start hitting me up like crazy. Like, Oh, what? No, no, no social distancing. Oh, what? You're not going to be like, you're going to, dude, you, dude, you better be careful. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you in your house? Like, what the, bro, do you think I'm stupid? Like, do people really think I'm stupid? No, I mean, maybe they do. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently they do. Apparently they do. These are like, th- th- I have to be careful with this, dude, because these are like friends and like family and stuff like that, that they do genuinely care. Yeah. And I understand that. But do you think that I'm just over there freaking uh, high-fiving each other and just like, no, forget washing our hands, dude. Let me just lick my hand real quick. Like, what do people think I'm doing? It's two people. The rule is under five, right? Or under under 10 or under, what is it now? Under five? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just... You're supposed to do whatever you can to not be around other humans in general. Yeah, but okay. So if you think that, okay, well, like I was, I was trying to say is if you think that I go in there and I'm like, forget the rules, I'm just going to caution the wind, bring on those Ronas. Let's get this. <laughs> like, It's not exactly what's happening here. Okay. Like we were uber careful, dude. Like, super careful no high fives not didn't touch anything washing our hands keeping our distance he's like bro i've been quarantined for two weeks at least and he's like i have i do not have this thing that i know of he's like you know we're both like kind of like yeah dude i mean yeah i think i think we're good if we keep our distance we were recording in separate rooms he was in a different booth than i was in um we were only in the booth listening to the music and we were still like 10 feet away from each other. And then we like, like got together, like for five seconds, took a selfie. And then I was back in my zone, washing our hands. Dude, we were doing every single thing that we're supposed to do. And we were only two people in the same building. If you go to, I don't care what you say, dude, if you go to the store and you're standing in line outside, you're in way more danger than if I was recording a session with one other dude in separate rooms doing our thing. Stop with this people. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I was Just keep say. your freaking concerns to yourself. It sounds safer than a grocery visit. 
Yeah. And so I'm not saying like, I, I don't appreciate people who care. Like I appreciate people who care, but like, I don't feel like it's at some point it's not caring. At some point it's like, you're, you're trolling, dude. You're trolling. And I'm tired of that. But it's not just that. Like I've had to get on people for stupid stuff. Like, oh man, you shouldn't say that. Oh man, like I listen to your show. You should be careful with what you're doing. Like you should be careful who you talk about. Bro, start your own podcast. And like, then you can take every precaution in the world. But I don't need you. I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me to like be my freaking conscience. I don't need that. I, I have a conscience. I don't need you to come at me and be like, dude, you should be careful. Bro, what? You're not social distancing? What, what's like, are you crazy? You know, and so like I, I have to like get on people where I'm like, yo, like you're about to be blocked. <laughs> you're about <laughs> to be blocked. I feel bad <sighs> saying this, but I don't have a problem with you giving me for making you give me my space. I'm a grown man, I'm not a kid. Yeah. I mean I I don't I, have a problem with that. I get it. I understand like some like trying to be a good Samaritan and you know, helping out to make sure that people are, you know doing what they can to self self quarantine but yeah um, okay well the only acceptable also, you got to also like trust you know take you trust the people that you know and that and know that they're they're probably doing that already yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's what know. i'm saying dude don't just assume like okay the only person that i'm like accepting this for but i still sent her a text is my mom <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. The 41-year-old man is going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> Literally. But I'm like, look, my mom can tell me, my mom can tell me, hey, are you crazy? You need to be careful. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I got it, mom. Like, what are you, my mom? Like, I got it. She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, uh, you're not too big. You're still my son. I'm like, I know, I know, but. That's what moms <sighs> are for. Yeah. And so I, I get it. But if you're not my mom, stop. <laughs> okay? If you're not my mom, you need to stop. Mom, you're good. I get it. You're my mom. You can do it. It's fine. I'm still going to let you know that I'm still a grown man and I don't need you to tell me. But if you're not my mom, you need to get off my Instagram with all that nonsense. Okay? Go get your own Instagram and be like, look, everyone, I'm taking every precaution in the world and we're going to all give you clap emojis and be like, we're very happy for you. But if you see a picture of me with a selfie with somebody or you see me at the grocery store or you see me doing something, just keep it to yourself. I know what I'm supposed to do and I know what I'm not supposed to do. And I know I don't need you, Mr. Freaking Policeman or Mrs. Policewoman or whoever telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing. I don't need to know, like, are you crazy? Aren't you going to quarantine? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't need that. Yeah. Get over yourself. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Mom, you're cool, though. It's all good. <laughs> I want to know that you care. Everybody else, stop. All right. Uh. All right. Terrence Higgins coming up. Yeah. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know the biggest thing that they can do? 
is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes, onesies. We got socks. Mugs. Phone cases. Stickers. Got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. The Drum Brigade podcast is brought to you by Revolution Drum. Right, Funky Phil? Yes. Yeah. True Tones, which are premium drum dampers, Firefly drum key, T-locks, solid brass cymbal fasteners, all kinds of different things. They got a a collaboration with Big Fat Snare Drum called The Butter Cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beefy. Yes. Revolution makes forward-thinking drum products with uncompromised quality and innovation. If you guys type in the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout when you visit RevoDrum, R-E-V-O-D-R-U-M.com, you can save yourself 15% on any of those products. Yes. Use the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout, RevoDrum.com. Oh, boy. We're back, Funky Phil. We are back. Yeah. This is episode six. So 60, 76, 76. Drum Brigade podcast. We are so happy. He came through. He's on the Zoom app, ready to chat it up with us. Let me say this before, okay? Plays with the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Plays with John Schofield. Dr. John has his own band called Swamp Grease. He's a... Now, let me say this right. See, in California, we say New Orleans. I know that's wrong. But he's a heavy drummer, one of the heaviest drummers from Nolens. <laughs> he did some tracks for Nora Jones. He played with the Black Crows. George Porter, the bassist of, uh, who's the bassist from the Meters. This dude's funky, man. Okay, Phil? Mm-hmm. To say the least. Yeah. Funky. Funky. Yeah. With an O. Funky. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Endorsed by Sabian, Vic Firth, Pearl, Remo, Audix, among more. He's played with so many different artists. Please welcome to the show, Terrence Higgins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. do that. Like you said, in, you know, it's, it actually, in New, we actually say New Orleans. New Orleans, you know, okay. Some people say knowledge, but not really. We don't really say knowledge. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in, in New Orleans say New Orleans. Okay. You know, or New Orleans. Oh, I like okay. that. New Orleans, yeah. 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 We, we, we're all just... We're just so like robotic. We, he's from <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. So when, I, when I see that uh, on, on posters, I see Nolans. I mean, yeah. you know, it depends on where you're from, I guess. But, <laughs> I guess so. But, yeah. uh, at least we're part of New Orleans. And stuff, but, um, That's cool. Man, how's it going? Thank you for coming on the show, man. How's everything going out there? You guys all quarantined and, you know, how's it, how's it going? Oh, uh, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a nightmare, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, our worst fears. Uh, coming true, man. I mean, I mean, you know, we don't even think about things like this happening, right? You know, we, we think we're untouchable at this point, and we all privileged and living, you know, really decent lives, and then mm. the whole 
safety net falls out of the bottom of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, what, I mean, my industry, our industry, music has just been totally obliterated. Dude. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it, it's crazy. It, yeah. What oh, I've been saying, you know, maybe especially for you guys out there, you guys have been through some stuff, you know, and um, as musicians, I always say, man, we like we we're used to kind of pivoting and, and doing something like we, we've all been in this position where there's no gigs on the books and right. we're like, OK, we got to think of plan B or plan C. Right. Um, but man, this is different. <laughs> this is this is different. Yeah, man, this is totally, you know, it's crazy because, you know, me, myself. I put all my eggs into building up my uh, resume, my credentials, mm -hmm. and just getting my name out there. And, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. I want to be a touring drummer, you know, and right. playing with different artists. That's my game. So, and I, right now, within the last five years, um, I think I've reached the peak in my career with some of the stuff that I've been doing has been really, really um, out there, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, when something like this happens, it, it makes me think like, wow, maybe I should have listened to all my friends years ago when they say, hey, man, you got to have something to fall back on. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. But, but in, even in this situation, what can you really fall back on, right? Yeah. I mean, the I mean, whole world shut down. <laughs> everybody's in this. It doesn't even, it, yeah. I mean, it ain't even just musicians. It's like, yeah. we're we're all... <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, my I was having one of the best months when this all went sideways. Oh I was having one of the best months. I had like my calendar was full of gigs and like yeah. recording sessions and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm about to pay some stuff off. <laughs> yeah. We're going to save some money, bro. This thing like I mean, my whole calendar got wiped out out Ooh, in like one dude. week. Where yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. No, like there was one gig that I was just like what like a couple like one place and i was like i was hanging on like if we can keep this one we'll be all right yeah and yeah. that one like we lost that one like two days before it was supposed to happen and i was just like oh no yeah man i mean i i, I had been out a little bit most of the year my, my schedule started a little you know picking up in january but around this time of year it's it's kind of light but i still managed to get a bunch of tours and um but uh i was just ready to hit the peak of this first quarter when I had Hawaii, I had Australia, you know, I had oh, a, man. jazz fest coming up and, you know, it's like, you know, all the jazz fest is like a tour in itself. You know, it's 11 days, you might get 20 gigs, you know, really wow. good paying gigs. So it's like all of that stuff. I mean, my schedule from not March through June is basically gone. And I, every month was a full month. So it's like, oh. I mean, I lost my butt off. <laughs> I yeah. lost so now I'm trying to figure out what hell am I going to do? Like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, did probably, I tried the streaming thing the other day. Mm -hmm. And man, it, you know, it failed. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, so. that, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Me and both me and Phil are just like, we're, we're trying to fit into the teaching thing and, and doing mm -hmm. that streaming. We got a nice setup. But man, it's a, that is like, that was a hard pivot, man. That was like, that's a, yeah, that's a hustle there, bro. Man. And, and it's like, fortunately I'm able to keep some of my students or all of my students, but mm -hmm. that's only, that was like a fraction of what my, my normal, my normal income is from gigging, you know, same for you. Too. Oh yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, so. I barely do teaching. Like, but I, I, I'm touring so much. I mean, I'm out, I got like three, maybe two or three really good touring gigs that happens. Yeah 
all the time. So I'm always gone. So it's like the brakes have been like put on that, like emergency brakes, like ain't nothing moving. (laughs) Right, right. So, right. Yeah, well, crazy. hopefully, hopefully this helps. Hopefully this like, you know, people will hear this and uh, excuse me and get, you know, whatever hire you for maybe like drum um, doing some some uh, some uh, what's it called? Like recording drums at your house or. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I got that set up. So, yeah. 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 Or like maybe some students will come your way or, you know, right but I have heard too some other some some of my musician friends have said, hey, have you tried? Um, like the Grammy website has um, uh, music cares, music cares, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I got that I, filled out. I think I got a, I got an email saying I was going to get something from there. I also applied for like the SBA thing, mm-hmm. and there was another local um, business association type of grant that I applied for. And um, let me see, I'm still searching for other stuff that uh, may be helpful. I don't know, maybe some unemployment benefits, SNAP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got to man. There's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's got to be stuff out there, man. Like, I don't have a lot of faith in like the government helping us out, but they've never helped us out before. But like, I do, I do hope that like our community, the music industry community can come together and help us all out, man. Cause I mean, the the whole floor just fell out from underneath us, all of us. Yeah. I mean, social distancing is like a, a plague in itself to what we do. Cause we basically live off of social events. Exactly. I mean, we live off the land of the right. people gathering. I mean, that's how we get paid. And then social distancing is awful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I was just before you came on, I was just talking about that. Like, I just I did a session over the weekend and it was just me and the bass player. And we did every all, we followed all the rules. We were like apart. We didn't shake hands and all that stuff. And my Instagram start my like my social media started blowing up with people like, "What are you crazy? Are you not social distancing?" I'm like, what? "Right, right." <laughs> it's like, right, right, right. yeah, everybody wants to be a policeman or something, you know? So. Yeah, but it, 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 everybody's stigmatized too because it's like you. I went to the grocery store, man. It was like people was like walking around, you know, keeping away from people and really. Oh, yeah. Looking at people like, uh oh, like some yeah. lady was walking around the store coughing and not covering her mouth. Oh, I, was like, I was like, woman, if you don't put something <laughs> on your face, I mean, she was just like, <coughs> and oh, every, aisle, I, I, every aisle I went down, she was on the aisle. Oh. <laughs> I had on my gloves and a, and a uh, N95 mask. Just oh, really love. Uh, and I was trying to get away from her, but you know, it, it forms this kind of stigmatized thing. Like you look at people like, oh, yes, yeah. they could be infecting people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's scary. Yeah. Man, so you've you've done some really great stuff, man. You got we were listening to some of your stuff this that Swamp Grease uh album. Oh, oh my god, man. Funky, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a project I put together. I had done this is like my second project, the first one. I did, you know, I was touring with Dirty Dozen, like, um, I think I left that band in, like, 2013, formally. Okay. But um, I was touring with them, and then I was, you know, their music was great, but I was always looking for an outlet to to just kind of discover where I'm at, you know. So I put mm-hmm. together the first uh, Squire Beats record, and then, you know, that came out, and then I did, I finally did another one. And the reason I did that one was I had a little fire lit under my butt because I was working with Presonus. Electronics, okay. and then they said, "Hey, man, well, we should do another record, and uh, we should webcast oh. the whole making the like do a webinar of making the record." 
And we actually did it. So we threw together some tunes. I worked with my, my good buddy, um, Nigel Hall from Lettuce. And then um, oh, yeah. John Cleary. I had uh, George Porter and Ivan Neville. I had uh, wow. the bass player, Calvin Turner from uh, Mark Brusso's band. And who also played on my first record. So it was like a killing cast. Andrew Black on guitar. I mean, uh, it was a killing cast. So the record, we kind of kind of threw it together. But the fun part was the webcast, you know, the yeah. webinar using Presonus. I think we used Studio One and some of, uh, not their interface, but we used Studio One and maybe some preamps. And they were able to come in with some cameras and webcast the entire making of the record, which got uh, an incredible amount of views. Wow. So when the record actually came out, there was a platform um, already laid out for it because you know, we had all my sponsors went in with the email blast. And, you know, so it really, really worked in like a marketing sense. Yeah. You know, because I, I didn't have a label. I did it independently. So, you know, out of my pocket. So that in turn paid for itself with all that help that the sponsors came, came involved. Dude, having the people that you <laughs> had on it, no wonder that's a funky record, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's uh, long overdue for another one, man. I've just been so busy, man. It's literally, my schedule has been in, they call me uh, Terrence Giggins. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, recently, uh, not to talk about me too much, but, but I, I hooked up with this producer, Don Woods, man, and... Uh, from Was Not Was, he's the president of Blue Note Records, and him and his company, Blackbird Presents, they do, they do these tribute shows, and we've been doing like the last the last waltz uh, tribute, which turned into a tour, and then recently we had Robbie Robinson from the band join us, and Garth Hudson on the last show. So, wow. and, and then he had me doing like some Elvis Presley tribute for NBC, he had me on um, the Willie Nelson tribute that was in Nashville. That's coming on A and E, cool. Twelfth, I think. So yeah, this is like my first country gig ever in front of eighteen thousand people Ooh, with wow. all the great, with all the greats. You know, oh man. I mean, it was like, oh my god, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> so I turned to look at, I turned around and look at Don Wood and say, oh, he's responsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that's that's what you need to be doing right now. Like, you know, yeah. maybe a new, another album or like, you know, all these guys, you know, we're all out of work and we're all just home trying to be creative. It sounds oh, like, yeah. it sounds like that would be something that would be cool to. Oh, actually, you know, I've been doing some writing. I got a bunch of stuff. Like I archived these ideas and nothing's really done, but now I'm starting to pull stuff up and, and say, Hey, I can actually finish this. Cause I got my home, basically my home recording break yeah. set up. And um, I mean, I've been doing some tracks for a bunch of guys. There's some guy in Europe. Some guys in Europe send me some stuff. And, you know, I'm still hustling that. But, you know, just to get the word out there, man, I'm able to do, like, really high-quality uh, drum tracks, you know. Yeah. So That's awesome. It'd be, like, it'd be like a Matt Chamberlain, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's – hey, that might be where we're at now, you know. I've been thinking yeah, about you know. too. Yeah. So, um, all right, we got a listener question. Well – Listener co-host question from Funky uh, Phil. <laughs> Phil, can you ask from Phil? So Phil, we call Phil a funky, funky Phil because he's a big fan of funk, especially New Orleans funk, and um, he plays all that stuff too. So Phil nice. is just like really 
jazz that you're coming on today. <laughs> so was I, I but feel. you know, so Phil has Phil's the own Phil literally wrote into our own message board and was like, <laughs> like, hey, I want to ask a question. I'm like, Phil, you know, you could just ask it online. Like you don't, you like, uh, don't have to write it. <laughs> All right, Phil. So go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering what it was like. Well, I got two heroes of mine that you've played with is Dr. John and Alan, oh, tu- and Alan Toussaint. I was just wondering what it was like working with each of them respectively. Oh, man. I mean, I worked with both of those guys in different situations. I think one, um, working with Alan, I played with him uh, some stuff with, when I was with Dirty Dozen. And uh, we actually played, it was a Grammy it was a Grammy Awards show, <laughs> and uh, nice. it was my, and it was a, a, a segment where it was Dirty Dozen Brass Band with Alan Toussaint, Toussaint, and Little Wayne. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was freaky. So we kind of closed. We closed the show. Uh, I think Little Wayne had a big hit out with Robin Thicke. So Robin Thicke and Little Wayne did their little bit. Then they segue into like a New Orleans transition. It was me and Doc, me and Alan Tucson actually starting off the Big Chief song. And then the Dirty Dozen came marching up the aisle to close nice. out the show. But working with Alan, man, he's a sweetheart, man. You know, and he's like family. Like, it's, it's not like I didn't know who he was. And actually, I, I did a record of some demo stuff that he produced with uh, Michelle Shaw, this folk singer, um, Years ago, I mean, it's probably before I even got the Dirt Dozen gig. Uh, wow. I was hired to, to work on some demo stuff with him for that. So working with him has always been a, a real treat. And I love all of his records, man. And like his drum parts on some of those records back in the day was, was incredible. And James Black, he had, a, you know, a bunch of different drummers on it. Uh, Herman Ernest, those are my heroes, you know. So, man, I, I really dig Alan, man. Let me tell you. That's great. Cool. And Dr. John, just another amazing guy. I mean, I, my, one of my first recordings with him was with Dirty Dozen. We did a record called um, Medicated Magic. And we had Dr. John come in for uh, a session. And we did everything going to be funky. And we recovered, recovered it with Dr. John. But the cool thing about the session was to hang. We did it in the studio called Alaire Studios, which kind of was in the Woodstock area of New York. And it was way up in the, in the mountains, in the Cascades or whatever. And we got to hang out with Dr. John for like an entire week. And we were just, you know, we recorded, but we were sitting out on the porch just listening to all the crazy stories that Dr. It. John was telling us, you know, about, you know, him getting his finger shot off and how it was <laughs> what? back in the, yeah, you know, uh, Back in the days of, you know, the old school New Orleans scene, you know, when they were coming wow. up and all the great musicians that they got influenced by man, it was just amazing to hear him and uh, Roger Lewis, who's one of the founding members of Thirty Dozen, um, hear him exchange stories from that generation, man. It was just, I was just like, oh, my ears were like about to fall off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was real. That's you awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so playing in that that genre, specializing in that genre, the New Orleans style and that that deep funk stuff and all that stuff. Did you did you study that stuff, or is it just you grew up you, you listening to that playing man. it? Man, I don't. I mean, you can actually. I didn't get it from studying it per se. 
But um, growing up, I was exposed to it at a young age. But, you know, it's like anything. It's like you grew up in Cuba or, you know, you yeah. you, uh, you get Calave. It's just the way of life. Yeah. You know, and they knew all those New Orleans rhythms, like, you know, the second line stuff and uh, uh, all the different rhythms here. I mean, it's just the way of life. We hear the stuff. Sometimes we take it for granted because, you know, it's just second nature to us. It's like what we do. It's like it's not even just the music. It's the way we talk. The way we right. walk, you know, the way we socialize, the food, the food you the eat, food. Out there. yeah, and yeah, it's all that stuff is part of the culture. So I can't say uh, I really studied it, but maybe later on, and as I got more serious about, I guess after I got the gig with uh, George Porter, I, I played in his band, and that was kind of my um, crash course into like the New Orleans funk thing, you know. Mm. With uh, you know, he had me checking out a lot of Zigaboo stuff. Yeah, a lot of records he played on with different artists like uh, Six Eaglin and Earl King, and you know I just I really got um, catapulted inside of the New Orleans uh, drumming vocabulary, you know. And then after that, I joined the Dirty Dozen, so that was a different side of the coin from the New Orleans musical perspective. Mm. So you know, and I pretty much played with like pretty much all of the legends. You know, I'm probably one of the last. Uh, youngest drummer who had probably played with all of the legends from Doc John, Earl King, Allen, Snooks, uh, members of the Meters, members of the Nevils, Dirty Dozen, wow. Treme, you know, dudes of Bobby Marshall, like dudes you don't even know, you know, uh, the right. Wild Magnolias. So I've played with, uh, you know, even the, the young group, John Cleary, uh, Bonarama, whoever, you know, I've probably, probably goes funk. The dumpster fuck. I mean, I probably play with every New Orleans band. And the crazy thing is, now I don't play with any of them. I play with Ali DeFranco and Tab and Wall and stuff that Don was doing, you know, with uh, Last Waltz and all the crazy kids he does. So it's like, I'm barely playing with New Orleans artists now. Man, that's funny. <laughs> that's cool. It's cool though because you can you can hear it if you listen to stuff that you're playing on or you listen to your your swamp grease stuff. Mm-hmm. You can hear it right away. Like I can hear the difference in like it's not just a funk groove or you know yeah, it's no. like it's got that swing to it. It's got that right. swag to it. That high that sixteen note swung hi hat pedal. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all in there, and it's like yeah. you could just you could taste it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, it's like. It's it's there and it's it's different than if like you wrote out that part and you know had me play it out here in California. Yeah, I would be trying good. to play it like that, but it wouldn't sound like that, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a thing, and I think it's more of a natural ability for me. It's like that wasn't something I had to work on. It's like sometimes I'm doing that and don't even know I'm doing it. It's like yeah. oh, it's kind of swunk. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. here's the thing. Here's here's the thing, though, man. Like most of the gigs. Like when I'm playing with like Ani DeFranco, like I can't really apply that. Mm. Um, but she loved the way I make her music feel. So there's a fine line in knowing how to make it feel good and kind of turning that thing off. But some right. kind of way, it's still embedded into what I do. So, and I think she loves that. Like it doesn't sound like New Orleans, but it feels like it could be New Orleans. Right, right. <laughs> you know I've, I've gotten into that same that same idea where I, I specialize in like a niche genre too, like in, mm-hmm. in traditional Jamaican music, like traditional ska and reggae. Oh, yeah. And um, I would go on these tours and then come back and try to play a pop gig or a rock gig or something. <laughs> and they would be like, bro, everything you play sounds like reggae. 
And I was like, oh man, like I got to fix that. You know, like I can't have that. And so that's, that's, there's something to be said about being able to turn it off when you need to, to be, to be, um, um, you know, uh, versatile. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then when you need to put that on there, that's there, you know, that's, it sounds authentic. So, yeah, I mean, I gotta say that my versatility and diversity is probably my strongest attributes. Like even beyond my technical ability, I'm naturally talented as a drummer. Like I don't study any one thing in particular, but I do try to play the nuances and the essence of whatever genre that I'm playing. And I think that's what kind of sets me apart. Like you can hear some authenticity in the styles that I'm playing, but I give that credit to being from New Orleans, you know, because I feel like that's the DNA of every other thing that we play. Mm -hmm. So I'm from the source of that, you know, I mean, indirectly uh, through lineage, I'm from the source of that thing that we all try to do, whether it's Cuban, whether it's Latin, whether it's rock and roll, funk, whatever, jazz. New Orleans has, all those genres has the DNA of New Orleans. So right. I understand those parameters. So I think that's why a lot of other stuff is more natural to me. You know, some technical things I have to work on because it's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So um, even like, you know, too, I was trying to grasp like how some of the younger, you know, gospel chop drummers apply. But I understand even the source of that. So, yeah. you know, physically I wasn't, doing it at first, but now I was like, oh, I see what it is. I understand. And then if you do some, yeah, if you do some um, homework, some research, you find out where, how that thing evolved, you know? So it's like... Right. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Like that approach, the approach of that music is like you said, it's a melting pot, but then, you know, even that aggression, you know, or the, the intricacies of like the gospel chop stuff, I can hear that, that influence in New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, the syncopated, the syncopated rhythms. Yeah. It's a direct lineage, man. It's like you can't really pull the wool over, you know, too many guys from New Orleans <laughs> right. eyes, you know, in terms of the drum thing. That's why I see a lot of young guys and I'm like, I'm not some some guys I'm impressed by, but it's a different thing. But like a lot of stuff I'm just like, I understand where it comes from. So it's like it's really nothing new under the sun. It's just yeah. a different approach in a different time because it has some amazing drummers, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Through our, through our lifetime, you know. That's cool. This is crazy stuff. I wanted to ask you about uh, playing with John Schofield, what that what what that was like. I'm a big fan of John Schofield. Oh He's had some God. of the most amazing drummers. I mean, Dennis Chambers. I mean, come on. Bill Stewart, like a lot of great jazz drummers, a lot of great, all kinds yeah. of stuff. So you, and then, and you're in that mix too, you know, so I'm how definitely, is... I'm definitely in the mix. You know what? That's such a crazy thing. You know, Schofield... Uh, we got a special connection. That was a record I played on. This this bass player named Marvin Williams. He lived in New Orleans, uh, I think, years ago. He did a record. I can't even remember the name of the record. But I played on the record. And he got Schofield to play on that record, like oh, on cool. Overdub. So, and I was thinking, oh, I'm on a record with Sco. I never met the guy or whatever. But And then, late, years later, I think Dirty Dozen did a show in, in Canada. A festival and Skull was like a special guest, so I got to play with him then. But Skull has always been into New Orleans drummers. If you listen to uh, a lot of his records, mm-hmm. you hear like the stuff uh, Bill Stewart's on, and he Johnny yeah. Badakovich played on this record, and 
He had always been into New Orleans drummers. So he came to New Orleans. He did this record called Piety Street. Yeah. And it had George Porter, um, uh, John Cleary, Schofield, and Ricky Fatar mm-hmm. was the drummer. Ricky was a Bonnie Race drummer. And him and John Cleary were in a band together. So I could kind of see how he might have got the gig. So I was saying to myself, oh, I should have been called for that gig. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because I, I played with Cleary, I played with George. But then uh, after they started touring, about a couple of years after, uh, Sko set in with me and John Cleary at a jazz fest show, and Bonnie Ray was there. They both set in. But the next day, after the show, the next morning after the show, I get a call from Schofield. No way. He said, Hey, T, Schofield here. I said, Hey, Sko. He said, Hey, man, I really enjoyed playing with you last night. You want a tour? I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it was just like that, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And the, the crazy thing is, the tour was like six months to eight months away. But I was like, I had to clear my entire schedule. But yeah. the thing about Schofield, we all grew up through that fusion era. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, the Dennis Chambers, right. and we all wanted that gig. Yeah, <laughs> all wanted, like you know, there's a few bucket list Sting. Um, yeah, uh, that one too. <laughs> Yellow Jackets. Uh, yeah. Who else? You know, and a couple other gigs. But the skull for me was bucket list. And when, he, when I got the call, man, and we had such a good thing because I could play the bluesy gospel stuff that he was doing on Piety Street, but he would bend to the more uh, improv things that I could follow him um, stylistically on. And he picked up on that, on that subtle that I, the way I would switch, you know, to play with him. And after that tour, man, it was great. He, and after the tour, I remember he said, hey, T, we got to do more stuff. And then he called me for another project. And then we did that. It was me, Nigel, uh, Andy Hess, and Skull. We went on another tour. Wow. We called the R&B band. And then he called me for um, an Uber jam. My oh, friend really? Adam. Yeah. Adam Dice said, you know, Skull was like, man, who can I get? To play this with these tracks and Dice was like, "Hey man, call Terrence. He can play that stuff." Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> and yeah, and, and so I, I did. A, I did. A, I wound up doing like an Uber Jam tour. Let's go, hey man, that's so, so yeah, killing. Yeah, Sko is like my. He's like family, man. I get him and Susan, mm-hmm. his wife. It's so incredible. Yeah, yeah. man, that's killer, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's so cool. cool. That's so cool. Yeah, man. People don't even know. <laughs> yeah man so yeah that's dude you have you played with some serious people man and like yeah, man. rightly so man. of course but like man it's really cool to have that you know yeah. on your resume um so very cool so um okay let's jump on um this wheel we call it the wheel of death don't worry nobody dies we just uh <laughs> i'm trying to stay alive though <laughs> <laughs> drum, drum, drum brigade podcast all righty yeah. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 76. We're going to jump on this wheel of death with Terrence. Going, this is, this is going to be awesome, man. These stories are like, <laughs> these stories are just like, we're just like, yeah, we're, you can see us, but we're, we're just excited about this. It's cool, man. <laughs> so, okay, I'm about to spin this thing. Here we go.
Okay. This one's always hard, man. This one's always hard, Phil. Uh What's your favorite song of all time? (laughs) Oh, man. I know. This this one's hard. Uh, Uh, Probably... Off the top of my head, Bobby Caldwell. Coming okay. down from love. <laughs> you know I so long. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite song. Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, that's it. Mine, mine changes from day to day, man. I have, I have so many different favorite songs. Um. I'm going to go with Send One Your Love, Stevie Wonder. Ah, uh, beautiful Stevie song. That's man. a bad tune, yeah. Man, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, for some reason, that one always gets me, man. It's like emotional. It's beautiful. I just cannot get enough of that song, man. It's a beautiful yeah, song. That is a beautiful song. Well, I kind of just took a shot uh, at the dog at my favorite, but I, you know, I probably got a bunch of favorites. <laughs> yeah. I got a bunch of favorites. We should say, save, we should change this to like, what's your favorite three songs or favorite five songs? Ah, yeah, right, right, right. Because right. I get, I can go, I have like a favorite like ska or reggae song. I have a favorite like, you know, I don't know. I have like Michael Jackson song. Like, there are tons <laughs> of songs that I can go into that are yeah. like, this is my favorite song, you know? So, what about yeah. you, Phil? Um, I get. I'd have to say, "Just Kissed My Baby" by the Meters. Oh, right that's now. A, oh yeah, I love that that's show. a good song to teach too. I like teaching my students. Yeah. Yeah. In, introduction to um, introduction Ellen. to Ghost Notes. That's a good. Oh lesson. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. See? I, yeah. I, me and Phil t- taught at the same place for a while, and I would always hear him teaching that song in the other room. Like, here goes Phil yeah. again with that. Just kissed. <laughs> <my baby." laughs> One of the funkiest. I gotta figure out what's the funkiest meter to. Oh man! You know what? Funny. You know what? I, I do. I heard a live. I think it was um, a 1973. I heard a live version of um, Chuggalug. Okay. I swear, it's probably the funkiest with Cyril Neville singing. It's like and Zig's just like. Oh my god, it's just so much stink. I just was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Phil's deep on all that stuff, man. Even more yeah, than me, way more than me. Like I my yeah. my I like my deepness comes in the reggae Jamaican stuff, but like <laughs> like the Brazilian stuff. I love Brazilian music. I love funk of of course as well, but um but yeah. Phil, yeah, Phil yeah. you're speaking Phil's language. Yeah, I think seventy yeah. three was a good year for funk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got it's on my radar. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite thing besides drums? Favorite thing to do? Favorite thing like it could be anything besides drums. Bowling. Bowling. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I, I love never guess that. I love. That's great. Bowling. My friend Tab and Walk. I mean, oh. I bowl, but we are when we're touring, we all bring our ball, our bowling balls, mm-hmm. or and he brings his golf clubs. I, I don't have golf; I borrow his golf clubs. But yeah. we always tend to go bowling when we're off. And nice. well, one time it was uh, we used to bring our RC, the electronic RC battery operated high power cars. We used to bring those. Dude, I've been getting and, into that. And dude, we would build um, 
a makeshift track in the Walmart parking lot at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun, man. Oh my god. Yeah. I haven't gotten a RC car yet, but I've been like watching videos. I'm like, my wife don't my wife doesn't know it yet, but I might be getting an RC car. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is like yeah. one gig to come through and like I'm like oh, You good. <laughs> I'm gonna do this. Or maybe that government check. We like we need hey, you know. like no, nah, I'm just getting an RC car. <laughs> Shit. All I know is we better get at least two months worth of government checks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, Funky Phil, what's your favorite thing? Uh, I really like cooking. Yeah, yeah. I've had your show. <laughs> oh man, dude, I made a pot of veggie chicken soup last night. Ooh. And bro, I had it, and I was like, it's the best stuff. I thought my gumbo was great, but I had I ate five bowls. <laughs> it was killing. Like oh, I know, I know how to cook for for myself. Yeah, <laughs> to like man. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think my favorite thing is I'm into cycling. I haven't been oh, riding cool. my bike too much lately, though. But um, yeah, I'm into cycling or like hiking. I've been like I've been into hiking. Oh right. man. Um, you know what though? I think what's coming coming in like is photography i'm not very good at it but man i like yeah. doing that it's 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 relaxing it's fun yeah. so i think besides drums you could have your pick on anytime if i'm like i could go take photos somewhere or i could go on a hike oh, yeah, yeah, photos, yeah. or if i can go Dude, hike, i've been doing more hiking the last two months i, yeah. I did grand canyons we really? did like one of the one of the trails i went down at least three or four miles whoa uh and then i did a, a couple of spots in um Tucson, a couple of hiking trails in Tucson, and uh, what else? I did one more. Oh, I did the Redwoods. I did a hike in the Redwoods. All in the last two or three months, man. man. Crazy. Those are like the nice. the best places you could go hiking. <laughs> I'm, I swear, man. It, oh, and Sedona. I did Sedona. <laughs> Dude, those are like yeah. the best places. Those are like Dude, Sedona. Oh my God, the rocks, the yeah. rock hikes, <sighs> bro, man beautiful yeah it, right now like i mean it doesn't get more social distancing than going out in the wilderness <laughs> and hiking so we've been kind of still doing that me and my wife and if we see people on the trail we kind of just give them their space but right, man, right. that has been like last week last week when we did the show i was having a breakdown man like trying to get my teaching rig up and all this stuff and when we when we we like, I took the rest of the day off after the podcast and I'm like, I'm going on a hike. And we went up to the mountains, to Palomar mountain where like close to where I live here in San Diego. And man, I, when I was done with that hike, I was just like, I'm, I'm cool. Like, my mind <laughs> yeah. is like, my head is just right. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm totally cool. So, oh man, yeah. Man. Um, yeah. so, um, Phil likes cooking. I, I mean, I like cooking. It's just stressful for me, man. I love cooking. In New Orleans, that's all we did. I mean, I think it's second nature to cook. Like, I, every musician, I mean, I would never have these silly little challenges. Like, we'll send each other pictures of uh, of uh, us making a roux to see which one looks the best. Or we'll send, <laughs> we'll send snapshots of our gumbo to see which one looks the best. And we, <laughs> he's, like a, my, he's like my big brother, right? And he's like always dissing my food, like my pictures. <laughs> And, and my, he's like, and mine look way better than me. He's like, about your camera's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, bro, you got to upgrade. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. Okay, here's the last one. <laughs> 
last one. <clears throat> well, Phil, we got another one here. This is, we always have to. So our rule. Okay. This question is give us three things people may not know about you. And every, our rule is because we asked this a little bit, like quite a bit on the show, we have to change. Me and Phil has to change it every time. So <laughs> three things people may not know about you. Uh, this one's hard, man. That third one. It is. You know why it's, it's hard? Because they don't know anything about me. Because <laughs> so it could be anything. <laughs> I, I'm such a private dude. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm so private. Like, even on social media, like, yeah. I don't post a lot of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, let's see. It doesn't have to be super personal. It could just be. Yeah, like, I mean, I, don't, I can fix my own car. Uh, that's cool. So, that's a good one. <laughs> one. Um, uh, besides drums, uh, I like to cycle or some. I don't know. Uh, cool. And I do cook. All right. That's good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those were three things I did not know about you. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a hell of, uh, I'm, I'm a hell of a chef. Breakfast. Yeah. I can cook some good dinners. I, yeah. Okay. That's okay. cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, right. All right, Funky Phil, what do you got? Uh, you got to go. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll go. Yet. Uh, okay. Different from last time. Let's see. Um, uh, man, now I'm stumped. All right. I've only, I've only been to New Orleans one time on tour. Well, maybe I've been uh-huh. twice. Twice. But one like proper, like where we got to walk around the city one time on tour, and I drank a bunch of grenades. Like I drank probably like three or four, <laughs> and then I went and played my gig. I was a kid, man. I was a young kid, so like, I, and it was I, I. It was a small gig. It wasn't like a big, huge, like serious gig. But I, I don't remember much about that gig. I do remember having a gig, but I had a lot of fun. I do remember that. <laughs> like the people were like, "Don't drink more than like two of these," and we were like, "Nah, we're good." Yeah, and so we stumbled back to the gig and played the gig, and I feel bad for everybody who paid for a ticket that night. But this was a long time ago. All right. <laughs> That's one. Um, two, let's see. I, um, uh, What do I got, Phil? Two, I'm... My dad is black and my mom is Puerto Rican, so I'm half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that matters, but like, it's something people may not know about me. I was born and raised in California. And maybe people don't. I've never lived anywhere else, so maybe people right don't know that about me. All right, there you go, Phil. Yeah, Not too hey, long you, today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Man. <laughs> you know Carl, Carl Denton? Uh, I don't. I know. I know Zach though. Oh yeah, I and played then, with Carl a bunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my dad has my dad is a singer, and so my dad has worked with Carl a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Not oh, in his yeah. band, but I don't. I think they've they've worked together, and then. Zach is Zach um Nager is uh yeah, my guy, Zach. Like, yeah, I actually did um uh, the peach uh it was me and Zach, we double drums. Oh uh, the world is a peach, uh one of those shows with Ooh. Carl. And I also done after Zach, I think I filled in for some tiny universe stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. Two of the funkiest okay. drummers we know, man. For real. <laughs> you okay. and him. That's like Zach the world ain't ready. <laughs> Zach is a he's a freak <laughs> so Zach came on the show and we got a bunch of his drops that are so funny man like listen to this okay wait he said this is this is the funny this is the best one from Zach just not that funky honestly <laughs> <laughs> that's so yeah. him man that's not helpful <laughs> 
he's yeah, like we're we're, a- we're talking about like being on um on this quarantine and not being able to work and then i hit the button of zach saying it sucks basically is the word <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah, one we, drop. yeah yeah we love we love zach man he's a yeah. zach's a homie man he's yeah a, he's, he's he's a cat man freaking dope drummer man like yeah. oh my god sitting next to him watching him play that stuff mm-hmm. i was just like oh that's yeah. how it goes yeah because you know what when i played with carl it was like i was getting stuff that he actually played on all oh, that yeah. google stuff that mm-hmm. guy's i mean he really understands the inside and it's you know it's the east uh the west coast thing too you know so it's like yeah. he's, he's got it man he's definitely yeah, he's, funky. he's dope he's dope um all right phil three things all right, I get these are these aren't the best, but um, I haven't been to the beach in years. What? <laughs> you live like fifteen minutes from the beach, uh, fool. Well, I mean, like I've driven by. I haven't really gone and like gone, gone in the, the ocean in yeah. years. But you know, I got two. Wow. Young, I got two young kids, and uh, you know, trying to hustle a lot. But I really want to. I really need to get to the beach again. Too Man. long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Number two, I love Brazilian music from the seventies and late yes. oh, and late sixties, oh, but dude. a lot of the seventies oh, Brazilian. Friend. Dude, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I play in the seventies Afro uh, funk band. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I love that stuff too, man. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, and then my third one, some a lot of people probably already know this, but I have like I really like the song "Love TKO." <laughs> <laughs> dude i've told you that story i can't help it <laughs> I, so I, I played i like years ago i had a gig with the dude who wrote that this the, the keyboard oh, player his name is gip noble and um he was i was telling you man this dude is a character man like <laughs> that's his that's his one claim to fame he's a funky dude but he's like he's he's gotten he's gotten like like uh what's it called like eaten up by the the 90s like the the late 80s and the early 90s and he stayed in that and so like you know he's funky but some of the patches he's using is like oh man come on like just <laughs> just use like an organ or like a Rhodes or something why are you using that like weird synth patch you know like he's like he's that but he's he's a cool dude man he's like but yeah <laughs> that's funny and he and dude he like rides that train of like you know I wrote that song right you know he's that guy <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you could be playing like a rock gig, but he'll throw that song in the in the mix. It's on the set list, you know. I haven't played with him in years, though, like years and years. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, okay, so hold on, Phil. There we go. There we go. Um, Terrence, we're gonna we're gonna wrap from right there with you. And uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the the hang. Man, of course, man. Thank you for coming on. That was like really, really, I mean, I can't say that enough. Just your stories and like just hearing your perspective on, on feel and all that stuff is really cool, man. We really Thanks, appreciate man. it. Yeah, um, right. If people want to get in touch with you or um, hire you for anything, they can go to your website, right? Which is Terrence Higgins Drums. Yeah, that's, that's still relevant, but mostly uh, Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Terrence Higgins, at Terrence Higgins Drums and at Terrence Higgins Music. Okay. Yeah, and then your stuff is, is all over Spotify and all over that stuff. Spotify, so. yeah. Um, go and check it out. Hit the follow button. Hit the like button. Do yourself a favor and just go listen to this man's music, man. You will like feel it in your bones, in your soul. You will feel it. 
man thank you so much for coming on um and uh we maybe we'll just have you on again or maybe we'll do like uh you and zach together that was oh yeah (laughs) so we there's all kinds of stuff but man we got to stay in touch and um, we'll do that we we leave our show open-ended so people can always come on or if they're promoting something you know of course it's up anytime so yeah yeah, thanks again terrence and we'll talk to you soon man all right much love to the brigade baby yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Dude, Terrence Higgins. Fools funky, dude. <laughs> he pinned the tail right on the funky. <laughs> he did, man. That was such a great interview, man. That was like. This is this is really like where I not to pat ourselves on the back, but this this works, man. Okay, like maybe you listeners are like, yeah, I mean it's okay, but like I just I get a kick out of that. I've never I don't I never met Terrence. You know we've never met in person, and um you know I don't really I don't know him, um but I think he's a great incredible drummer, and I love a lot of the people he's played with, and I love what he does. And um, we've never had a drummer like, you know, like that. The closest thing is Zach, but Zach's our friend, Zach Nager. And, um, but like, we haven't had one, somebody specific for like New Orleans style drumming to just come in here. And it's like, dude, we could just, we could talk to anybody. Yeah. Just anybody come on in, dude. We'll just hang out because we're all drummers. This is why it works, Phil. Yeah. I say it over and over again. Brotherhood. It's a brotherhood, man. It's a brotherhood of drums. We have that in common. We're all in the same boat right now. It's all good, man. Mm-hmm. So we're so grateful for, for um, these guys to come on and take their time. And, you know, somebody like Terrence is very busy, you know, or like last week with Gerard, J-Rod. These guys are really busy, man, doing stuff, and they take the time to come on and be a part of the brigade for a morning, and, and it's, it's great, man. We're really thankful. So, yeah, yeah man. You're funky, man. Yeah, <laughs> he is funky. He is funky, Zach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I kind of draw the line at poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, man. So, what are you gonna do now, Funky Phil? You got lessons? No, my wife's teaching, which means I yeah. can't because you got to no take care of the kids. Daycare right now, Phil. Just put them in a playpen no. or like a box. I mean, I get to hang shut. out with the kids, so I'm gonna hang out with the kids. Okay. I'm gonna bake some bread. Maybe oh, clean man. the house up a bit. I can't have your bread anymore, Phil. <sighs> Dang it! Putting sesame seeds on this loaf. Uh, how can I get your bread? Can you just leave it at your front door? I'll grab it and then I'll just. I could send you a recipe. I would take a trip to Fallbrook for your bread, <laughs> dude. It's so bomb. So well, your bread last time lasted like three days, and we were just like, "Oh, it's so good." We're making soup and stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so bomb. Um, all right, I gotta go get a burrito at my house. Actually, I'm going to teach a lesson, then get a burrito. I got to set up my whole system. Good luck with your online lessons, sir. Yeah, man. I kept you longer. I I kept you 15 minutes longer today, Phil. Sorry. That's all good. Um, All right. Well, thanks to Terrence Higgins for coming on the Drum Brigade podcast. Uh, We really appreciate that. Thanks to Revolution Drum for being on board with us. Uh, Really cool. Type in the code Drum Brigade 15 on the website revodrum.com and save yourself 15% on all their wonderful forward-thinking drum products with uncompromised quality and innovation. Um, thanks to those guys. Thank you, Funky Phil, for working all this jazz out. 
Yeah. Thanks to us, the Drum Brigade, for making dope products that you can buy and look as dope as us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 76. <laughs> Booyah. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade Podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe. Yeah.